Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Good morning and welcome to Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host, Gene Wilhelm, and later on we will have Roger Martinez and Deacon Mark Oliveri here as my guests. We're going to be talking about prison ministry. We've got Robin Waters in the in the studio this morning. He's going to tell us a little bit about what's going on in Waco. And today is the feast of St. Meletius of Antioch. And St. Meletius uh, was born, uh, I don't remember when he was born, he died in eight. 381, he was the uh, the uh, presider over the first council council of Constantinople, and he was very active uh, in the fight of, with Arianism. And he'd been banished a couple of times uh, because of his orthodox beliefs, and uh, because the the emperor at that time was an Arian, but uh, he prevailed, and uh, so we can learn from him. Today is also the birthday of Abraham Lincoln. And uh, I was talking with Thaddeus a little bit before the program started, and Abraham Lincoln was president at a time when the country was even more divided than it is today, and yet their country survived. And Abraham Lincoln came from some very uh, circumstances that would probably not be considered ideal to become president of the United States. So how are you doing this morning, Thaddeus? I'm doing wonderfully, Gene. I am. Good sorry. to see you. Good to be with you in the studio this morning. Yes. Kind of a dreary day here in the uh, College Station area. It is a little bit, but we need the rain so bad here. Yeah, but luckily we're going to be able to get a in-person report on what the weather was like up in the Central Texas area, as well as many, many other things, because we have our station director from Waco, Central Texas, a West Texas native but that, that's in West is the city, not the area. Exactly. Robin Waters. Hello, Robin. Uh, good morning, Gene. How are you today? Doing fine, thank you. What's going on up there in Central Texas? Well, we've got a lot of things going on. The weather, as Thaddeus said, is very similar to down here. It's, uh, excuse me, the, the weather up in the Waco West area is very similar to uh, the College Station area. I drove down in the rain this morning, but I'm glad to be here, and I just wanted to uh, talk about a few things that are going on in our area. One thing uh, I wanted to do was uh, to welcome three new underwriters we have with KYIR 98.3 in Waco Central Texas. Uh, we're blessed to have uh, Kailu Investment Services, uh, Hap Nielsen Investments, and an Edward Jones rep, Tom Albers. And it's interesting, they're all in the investment business and they're willing to invest in Catholic Radio to well, support that, us. That is great. Uh, Robin, tell tell the listeners a little bit more about what underwriting is, and if there are other people listening who'd like to be get involved with that, how can they do that? Well, as as you all know, we're we're a nonprofit, and so we're supported by donations by individuals, but also by businesses who want to be underwriters. Where underwriting is a way that they can promote their business on the air, and they can and also support Catholic Radio. So. That's that's what it's all about. Number one, supporting Catholic Radio, and number two, hopefully hopefully being blessed that their business is uh, 
uh, has profited by uh, being on the airways and letting people know what they do. They can just talk to you if they want to, correct? Absolutely. Call me anytime. Uh, uh, my number is uh, 254-749-4937, and I'm available at any time to uh, talk with any business owner or an individual that, that wants to support uh, Red Sea Catholic Radio. Okay. Listeners, Gene was a little indisposed there. I'm going to go ahead and hand the show back to him now. Okay, thank you. Uh, the, 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 the weather always does this to my throat. And I forgot to tell everybody that we are really glad to have you here. Uh, Robbins told us about KYAR in the Central Texas area. We are on KEDC 88.5 in the Bryan College Station area and at KINF 107.9 in the Palestine area. Now, Dennis and and you have got put together something that's coming up uh, in a couple of weeks here. Uh, that's open to all of our Red Sea Radio listeners, correct? Yes, it is. It's based here in Bryan College Station, but it is open to our Central Texas listeners and residents and even our folks over in the Holy Land of Texas, Palestine, Texas. And uh, that is the third Red Sea Catholic Radio family retreat. It's going to be based at St. Thomas Aquinas Parish in College Station. And it's based on the teachings and spirituality of St. Therese of Lisieux, the little flower, how can we integrate those better into the life of the family? And best of all, it's not going to just be, you know, me up there talking to you because I don't really know that much about St. Therese of Lisieux, but I want to know more. We have three great speakers. We have a Dominican sister with the Dominican Sisters of St. Cecilia, St. Cecilia of Nashville, Tennessee. She's down, uh, works at Forsati Catholic High School. She is going to speak on the uh, aspect of humility in the family. We have Dr. Leonora Butow, who works at the St. John Paul II Foundation. She is going to give us an overview of the life of St. Therese and her spirituality. And then finally, we have a beautiful Catholic couple, Juan and Johanna Garcia, coming over from San Antonio, Texas. They are parents of eight children, and they are going to get down into the nitty-gritty and get down and dirty about how you live out that little way in the family. So we've got Sister Cecilia speaking about the little part of the living the little way. We've got Dr. Leonora Butow speaking about the living it part of the little way, and we've got the Garcias speaking about the way now you tell, do it in the family. Tell, tell us a little bit about how what the schedule is going to be, uh, because it's, Friday it's not evening. just it's not just three talks, right? That's right. That's no, 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 no. Far more than that, Gene. Okay. Friday evening, March sixth, starting at five thirty is registration. We're going to have a fish uh, fish dinner provided by the St. Thomas Aquinas Knights of Columbus with the okay. help of the Aggie Knights of Columbus. Uh, and also uh, potluck sides and things. Okay. Then we'll have some uh, fun and games and uh, finish up with sort of kind of an ice-breaking situation, and then there'll be stations of the cross available on Friday evening. So this isn't just for adults. It's for the whole family? That's why it's called a family retreat, Gene. Whole family. Okay. Well, I... Parents, children, grandparents, bring over some cousins, some uncles and aunts if you want to. The whole family, the whole kit and caboodle. Oh, uh, Saturday, 
Starts at 8.30, goes till 5.30. There's going to be a mass in the extraordinary form there. And for those that don't know what the extraordinary That's form the is. That's the old Latin mass Okay. at noon, uh, because that is also on the old calendar. That is St. Thomas Aquinas's feast day. So that's why they're having that special mass there. Um, so we're just going to participate with that, okay. that parish event. And then we'll have our three talks. We'll have the Chaplet of Divine Mercy at 3 p.m. Lunch provided on Saturday by the generous uh, Chicken Express Company. Okay. And we'll have some breakfast uh, items in the morning. And every talk will be followed with a question and answer session. And then we'll have a big wrap-up Q&A at the end of the day with all the speakers. And incidentally, if I remember correctly, at 5.30, there is also a mass that fulfills the Sunday obligation at St. Thomas Aquinas. Indeed, there is. So that's a full day. Yes. Now, I want to throw it back to Robin Waters to make sure that, was there something else up in the Central Texas area you wanted to mention? Anything else? Yes, that is. There's a couple of very important events that are going to be taking place up in our area. One is... uh, our 98.3 KYAR Benefit Dinner is going to take place on May the 7th at Sacred Heart Catholic Church there in Waco. And our keynote speaker is going to be Father Albert Hass. He's the chaplain at uh, Cedar Break now. And he's, an, he's a very inspirational speaker, world-renowned. World, uh, and he actually gave a, a, a retreat to I'm in Diaconate Formation for the Diocese of Austin. And he gave our retreat last August and uh, just really was on fire for the Lord and, and changed my life uh, considerably. One of the things he really focused on on our retreat, he made a statement that I never forgot, and it, it really fits for everyone. He said that the spiritual life is a process of being conformed by the Spirit of God to the image of Christ for the sake of others. And that's something I, I say to myself every day just to remember how I should how I should proceed. But come here, Father Albert. He's great. We're going to have great food and fellowship uh, some of the uh, the KCs and our KJTs from West are going to be helping with the uh, with the food. And if you've ever been to a uh, a meal at West, uh, it's always good. So <laughs> so expect good food. And, and if that name sounds familiar to some of our Brazos Valley listeners, Father Albert spoke at our KEDC benefit dinner in November of last year, and we wanted to bring him back for our Central Texas listeners because he is does such a good job. And if you still don't know who he is, he and his sister Bridget had Spirit and Life that was mm-hmm. on Red Sea Radio at two o'clock on Sunday afternoons for many years until Sister Bridget decided to retire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they can go to redsearadio.org slash benefit and order those tickets or reserve a table now. Exactly. And we, we have one other big event that's actually taking place this Friday in West. Uh, Bishop Joe Vasquez is going to be at St. Mary's Church of the Assumption and he's going to be celebrating Mass for the 120th anniversary of St. Mary's School in West. It's still going strong. Our parish supports it very, very strongly. And at 8.15 at St. Mary's, Father, uh, Father, I mean, uh, Bishop Joe is going to be celebrating Mass, and con celebrating with him is going to be our pastor, Father Timothy Vaverick. Also, former pastors, Father David Trahan is going to be there. Father Paul Hudson, and also longtime pastor, Father Ed Karasik. So come on out and uh, celebrate the 120th anniversary of St. Mary's School in West with Bishop Joe. Cool. That's that's exciting. There's a lot going on in uh, Central Texas area this, this part of February. Yes, sir. Good and to hear. Yes, it is. So we got about uh, 
two minutes here, Gene. What else did you want to tell the listeners about this morning? Well, I oddly enough, for the first time in my life, I'm almost speechless. Well, cool. Um, let's t- tell the listeners who we have in the. Uh, let's give them a little little taste of what's to come after okay. the break. Well, we've got Roger Martinez here, mm-hmm. who is, I think, heading up the uh, prison ministry out of St. Thomas Aquinas here in Bryan Co- in College Station. I, I am actually a member of it. There's Diana Jetter, who's okay. leading it up, Sean Jerica, and Deacon Mark. And Deacon Mark Oliveres is here, and he is a deacon that's not too long a deacon a number of years. That's three years so far. Three years. Gosh, time's fun. It, it, it sure does. Fun, it's been it? a beautiful journey. And and you're going to talk to us also. Uh, the prison ministry, I've talked to about prison ministry several times on this program. Uh, several years ago, I talked with my brother, Tom, and his wife, Esther, who have been in prison ministry up in Kansas for, golly, 20, 30 years. And last week, year, we talked with Sean Jerica, and he talked a little bit about the Kobe retreat and what was going on down in Navasota. And we're going to talk more about that today and some other things, and about uh, those of you who are listening today, uh, if you are in one of our other listening areas other than here in the Bryan College Station area and you're involved in prison ministry or if you'd like to get a prison ministry started in your area, please call us at 85-LOVE-RED-SEA. That's 855-683-7332. And we'd, we'd like to hear from you and perhaps Roger and uh, Deacon Mark can answer some of your questions. Uh, it, it's prison ministry. We've got so many people in prison in this country right now that that it's it's really a very important ministry. And uh, we might talk a little bit, too, about what we can do to keep people from going to prison in the first place. So I don't have a whole lot else, Thaddeus. Have you got anything else that you'd like to talk about before we go to break? I just want to reiterate, Gene, what a pleasure it is to be on the air with you and what a good what a good job you always do. And I think you know, you always remember that it's not just the Brazos Valley that's listening to these airwaves. It's also our fine folks up in Central Texas and our listeners over in Palestine. And you really do a good job of involving all those areas I each sure, week, I've not each talked month. To, I've not talked to anybody in Palestine in quite a while. So if you people in Palestine have someone that you would like to hear on the air that you think has something to share with all of our listeners, please contact us. Right. Just go to the, our webpage and, and uh, contact us there. I, I'm Really looking forward to talking to somebody from Palestine. Yeah, and like Gene said, we'd love to have phone calls on the other side of the break, which is is coming up in just a few seconds, and that's 85-LOVE-RED-C, 855-683-7332, and call into the program, and we would love to hear you, hear you pitch a question to these gentlemen. All right, so we'll be back on the other side of the break talking about prison ministry with Roger Martinez and Deacon Mark Oliveri. Welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host, Gene Wilhelm, and we're so happy to have you here with us today. We're talking about prison ministry uh, today, and I would really like to welcome our listeners, not only here at KEDC in the Bryan College Station area, but KYAR 98.3 in Central Texas, 
and KINF 107.9 in Palestine. Uh, Please give us a call if you have a question or a comment, or if you're involved in prison ministry uh, in one of these locations, please give us a call at 85-LOVE-RED-SEA. That's 855-683-7332. And I have in the studio with me, in addition to to, uh, Thaddeus today, I've got Roger Martinez and Deacon Mark Oliveri, and we have sitting in the background Jacob Mangold. I'd forgotten your last name, Jacob. I should know that. I've known you for several years. And I've known both of you two guys uh, probably 10 years or so, ever since the beginning of the That Man Is You program over at St. Thomas Aquinas. It's been a long time. Time flies, doesn't it? Good morning. How are you doing, Roger? Good morning. You doing okay today? Everything's going well. You you didn't have to get too wet getting in today. Parking was a more major problem than getting in. It is. It's good. overflow. It's uh, there just aren't enough spaces for visitors right now. So maybe that will change as the new church gets started and they have to put in the new parking lots. It's all good. It's all good. It's a good problem to have. So we're going to talk about prison ministry, and 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 you were telling me, uh, Roger, that you've been involved about a year. About a year and a half. Year and a half. Year and a half. Okay, and how long have you been involved? Mark? Six and a half years. Six and a half years. So you, you're you an old-timer at this. Uh, I guess so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me a little bit about about yourselves, uh, each of you. Roger, your background, this isn't your first rodeo prison ministry. You, you didn't really need prison ministry to be busy for God, did you? No, you know. God's everywhere, so he need, he he needs our hands and feet in all kinds of places. So, we've been a member of St. Thomas for the last eighteen years. That's how long we've been in College Station, Bryan College Station area, and we've done everything from religious ed for the youth and RCIA, hospital ministry. So, a lot of things out there. And, and you've been very active in the Axe Retreat program at St. Thomas as well. Definitely. So, and the, you you have a daughter that. You got involved with working for God, too, didn't you? My middle daughter, Elizabeth, she works for Matthew Kelly's organization, Dynamic Catholic. So she's up in Kentucky helping with the ministry of taking the, the pre- presenters like Matthew Kelly to different parts of the United States and spreading the good news in the Catholic faith. Well, how did you get involved in prison ministry, Roger? Prison ministry, I mean, how many times have we heard it in church? But many, and and as as I hear it either in the readings or however it came up, I always thought, what would that be like? I mean, is is that for me, or how could I participate? And then I just said, I'm going to do it. I remember reading a quote that says, "Are you going to church? Or are you being the church?" And to me, being being the church in the corporal works of mercy with visiting those in prison or one that I've never done, and I thought, how could I grow from that experience? And now, it's been wonderful. Is it a family affair, or is it just you that's doing this? So in my family, it's just me, but we do have a family of people that go out to the Navasota prison, the Wallace Pack unit. Mm-hmm. So we've got about six other gentlemen that we go together out there. So Mark, Deacon Mark, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and how you ended up not only being a deacon, but also being in prison ministry. It, Deacon Ted uh, Baker uh, drew me in. Uh, the prison ministry pulled me in. 
uh, back in 2000, which sounds like a long time ago. I actually taught a couple of classes through the Wyndham School District uh, through Blinn at the prison system uh, in uh, Navasota. So I taught a couple of classes there and uh, changed jobs, was commuting a lot, so that sort of fell off by the wayside. And then in my diaconate formation, uh, we were required to make four visits to a jail or prison um, just to see if that was something you're being called to do. And I felt a tremendous uh, calling to that. So I did those four and then uh, soon after that started going regularly with Deacon Ted Baker. And that was six and a half years ago. And it's a, it's a beautiful ministry. The men don't want to be in there, obviously. Nobody wants to be in there. And about 95% of them, they are just like you and I. They just got caught doing something they shouldn't have been doing at that time. And, uh, and we didn't. And we didn't. Yeah, we're, we're just as sinful as they are sinful. And uh, they are uh, uh, longing to be catechized, longing to find the Lord. Uh, some of them have found it. Uh, some of them just want to be away from the other guys. Uh, this is the men's prison. So they come to the, uh, to the services uh, just looking for a break. And some of them uh, really find, find God. And it's a beautiful journey for them. When you talk about the services, are you one that, that does a communion service at the prison? Or what, yes. what is your main ministry there? So the on Thursday nights, we do communion service. It's open, call, as they call it, open call. So all men are allowed to come. They don't have to be on some special uh, list or anything. Uh, Catholics come, non-Catholics come also. And we will range from anywhere from as low as seven guys up to 50 plus guys will come on any given Thursday night. Um, as they are uh, filing in, it may take 20, 30, 40 minutes for them to all the different pods at the particular unit here in Bryan, the Hamilton unit. Um, so it may take an extended period of time for them actually to come in. So during that time, I do a little ad hoc uh, catechism. Uh, mm-hmm. I cover whatever the uh, saint of the day is or uh, the, the season, whatever the season is, or something that I've recently learned in my uh, studies. I'm a full-time student again. Oh, you are? I am. I'm working on a master's in Christian spirituality from Loyola, Chicago, with wow. a concentration in spiritual direction. So Those Jesuits will get you every time. Yes, it's a beautiful thing to be gotten by the Jesuit spirituality. Yes. Now, you're working at the Hamilton unit. Yes. And Roger is working... In Navasota, yes. So, are there other other units that uh, the St. Thomas Prison Ministry is working with as well? Yes, there's a women's federal prison. It's a low security prison in Bryan, and there are several people from the uh, Bryan College Station area that go out there and minister to them on a regular basis. So, there's a couple of gentlemen, a deacon also, and Father Albert uh, Lafare also comes out to the to the state prison as well as to the federal prison on a regular basis, monthly to to uh, hear confessions as well as celebrate that was, Mass with that them. That was something I was going to ask if to both of you. In, in the units that you're in, uh, is there a priest that goes out there to hear confessions? It, it's, there isn't a Catholic uh, chaplain in, in Navasota, is there? The, the parish that's in Navasota sends oh, Christ, Christ, Christ the Light. light yeah. they, uh, Father Eli mm-hmm. comes every fourth Saturday, which is when St. Thomas uh, uh, attends. Okay. So he'll have confessions, he'll do Mass. And then our team does RCIA. Okay. And we also take the Eucharist to those in what solitary confinement or administrative segregation is what it's called. The question I have, too, is uh, we're talking about adult situations. Uh, Is there any ministry in this area to uh, juvenile offenders that are incarcerated? Not that I'm aware of at this time. But so, there's a, I'm sure there's a tremendous lead there as well. 
Definitely. Anybody that is, I mean, we, every, every week we pray for all the men, women, and children that are held against their will, you know, that are in prison. So there are people that are uh, youthful that, that need it. There's also the, uh, the county jail, um, the deacon that was serving here at St. Mary's that recently passed away, uh, Deacon Schweitzer, Switzer. Switzer uh, he was uh, administering to them, and uh, we're, we're looking to fill that spot. Now, is, is Deacon uh, David Reed administering in the jail, or is he, uh, I know he's here, and I know he ministers, uh, because I see him taking communion every Sunday before 8 o'clock Mass. So I'm sure he's, he's working somewhere, and I don't remember where he is. You had something to share there? I was just going to say there's the federal institutional prisons, there's the state institutional prisons and jails, county jails, and the Texas juvenile you were talking. Yes. So there's there's need, a tremendous need across all those facilities, and not only in the facilities, the families, and also the victims. So there's many, many ways to get involved in oh, prison Oh, we haven't ministry. talked about the victims. We, we have Or the families. Yeah, and, and the families really are victims also. Yes. I mean, you know, a two-year-old child, they don't know what mom and dad are doing and what they did to get into prison. So, you know, usually it's the men that's the primary breadwinner. And if they go to jail for, you know, anything from, a you know, multiple DWIs, now they're in jail. Could have been a very outstanding citizen. And they made mistakes, and now the family is suffering from that also. So they're also a victim. It's, it's not the same thing as, you know, somebody that is you know, assaulted. Yes, there it's a horrible victim crime. But the families of the offenders are also victims. What kind of ministry do, do you have in this area for families of offenders? I know that when I spoke with my brother and his wife uh, from their ministry in Kansas, that she was working a lot with a ministry to the families of offenders. So we're actually trying to get uh, some programs started. Uh, there's actually a meeting tonight uh, at 7 p.m. at St. Thomas Aquinas in the uh, religious education wing in rooms 4446 at 7 p.m. So if you're interested in getting in on the ground floor, I mean, we're, we're, trying, we're gathering information at this point as to what services are available for, for the uh, uh, families as well as the offenders as they're coming out of the system. Because some systems, uh, you know, we I was at a, a retreat, an all-day retreat last summer uh, with the diocese, and they were talking about how some women are released in just paper jumpsuits at a bus stop, and that's how they exit the system. And that's a that's that's pretty that's criminal in itself. It's the way the system works, though. So okay. we're looking at how so, we can help everybody. So if someone is interested in prison ministry, that's in this area of the, of the world whether they're members of St. Thomas Aquinas or not, they're welcome to come to this meeting t- tonight. Absolutely. So if someone is interested, like we say, in ministering to the families, or even if they're, they're, it's on their heart now that, that, that the, the juvenile offenders really need some help, that they could come and, and get some information and, and find out what's going on and see whether it might be something that they really want to do. That's exactly right. Tonight we'll have... Two guest speakers, are they're going to update us on what services they have to offer. Hank Rohrbeck, who's at St. Thomas Aquinas, works with, I'm not sure which office, but with housing. When the offenders or, or, or the inmates get out, where are they going to go? They get, so what kind of affordable housing, halfway houses, and, and things of the like. Food, food, what are they going to eat? What are their families going to eat? Right. And so Twin City Missions is going to come out and tell us what they have to offer. And as Deacon Mark said, we're just getting started. There's 
so much need and we need many volunteers and we're going to take it a piece at a time. Okay. I just want to remind our listeners that you are listening to Red Sea Roundup. Uh, and my guests today are Roger Martinez and Deacon Mark Oliveri. We're talking about prison ministries. And I really appreciate your listening, whether you are on KEDC 88.5 in the Brazos Valley or KEYR 98.3 in Central Texas or KINF 107.9 in Palestine. I would really appreciate your calls if you'd like to call in to ask a question or if you'd like to comment on something you hear or if you're involved in a prison ministry and you have something to add to the conversation, really appreciate it if you'd call 85-LOVE-RED-SEA. That's 855-683-7332. So you've got this going on. And, and again, it, you don't have to be a member of St. Thomas Aquinas to do this. You, you don't even have to live in the Brazos Valley to do this. If, if you're in Waco and, and you don't know what's going on and you, you want to get more information, an hour and a half drive is, you know, hour and a half drive is is doable and and i would tell you people think prison ministry and in prison yes but there's so many things that we could do outside of prison which we're talking about how do we help the families Mm -hmm. what else how can people in our community help the team get ready to go in and give a retreat a colby retreat Mm -hmm. there's many things that have to happen cooking food letters, many things that they could help us with so they don't have to go in if they're not comfortable with that. And just for statistically, if you think about it, 5.6 out of every 1,000 people in the state of Texas are in prison. That's a lot of people. Texas has got more people in prison than many nations. Now, the good news is is they've, they've actually, the state of Texas has worked really hard over the last 20 years to reduce the amount of recidity, the people coming back, the revolving door, and that has dropped tremendously. You can actually get uh, higher education degrees uh, through the state of Texas education program. So they love to have volunteers, including the church ministries. So it's not just the Catholics that are going into these prisons. It's all the denominations going into the prisons to help men find God and realize, you know, there's a better way to live. And one of the weapons against uh, returning to prison is this Bridges to Life ministry, which Deacon uh, Switzer Deason was so high on, and mm-hmm. I think he got uh, Larry Vega from St. Thomas Aquinas yes. involved in that. That was Tuesday uh, evenings. And Tuesday evenings. And that's a program where, as I understand it, is one where it helps the the uh, prisoners uh, figure out how they can work back into society and give them the skills that they need and the hope that they need to be able to, to go back and not have to return to a life of crime. Yes, that, that scares them. Talking to the men, that scares them more than anything else is coming back. They don't want to come back. That is number two. Number one is dying in prison. They, well, they and there are plenty of opportunities to die in prison. Yes, yes. And, it, among other things. Yes. And, and the state prison here in Bryan is actually, uh, they call it uh, the popper, where they're doing a six-month uh, early release program. They are getting skills, life skills to help them integrate back into society so they don't come back. There's a couple of these throughout the state of Texas. So the men at the Bryan unit, they're not there very long before they are released back into society. So it's a short-term thing. This particular facility is, yes. For those of us that kind of have short memories like me, can you tell us a little bit about the Colby Retreat? Yes. So the Colby Retreat is named after Maximilian Colby, and it, it takes the form of an axe retreat, 
mainly yeah. Corcio and some others. And and we only have three, only three meetings on that. Yeah, you have to have been to Acts to to minister. To minister, go in. We can get people uh, qualified or certified to go in for those three or four days. They don't have to go through the TDCJ training for that. So we can do a one time and then typically they get engaged. They see the work that's happening there for the Lord. And and then they go through the formal training, get on the list at the individual prison or prisons they want to go to. And then they, they enter. So tell us a little bit. I see. Now, if you go to an axe retreat, there are what, six, seven, eight, talks. I don't remember exactly having been on a couple of acts retreats, but three is not very many. And yet it seems to be very effective, doesn't it, Roger? So with the, with the talks, there's still about five or six, but there's only three meetings. Let me clarify oh, okay. that. I'm sorry. There's three meetings, but in a regular acts, we meet 14 times oh, I'm before sorry. the retreat. That's oh, you're, my, you're, I, you're talking about the preparation. The preparation, exactly. Okay. And so as they go through the retreat, simply hugging them as they come through the door and they leave. I can't tell you how much feedback they say. You actually touched us. Like we don't they're get not, touched by they're anybody. They're not lepers. We don't, the guards, wear, the guards wear gloves anytime that they have to pat them down when they're going from area to area. So to do that and some of the other things that we do in the acts, it just, it just blew them away. Well, usually if they get touched in prison, it's not a good thing. Correct. Because sometimes it's... Right. Even a smiling face, uh, they are, you know, they're very protective. They're very protective with their emotions. Um, so just being a, uh, a a light of God to them, you know, on Thursday evenings, that's what we do. You know, a couple other gentlemen come also to the uh, Thursday nights. And just being a smiling, a, a non-confrontational person. Being the light of Christ to them, it changes their day. It changes their it changes their week. So you can you can. It's not one of these ministries where you have to wonder whether you're making have your ministering is having any effect. You can see almost immediate uh, at some indications level. that there's something going on. Yes, at some level for sure. Definitely. So there's so if if you've been in ministries where you, you haven't had the gratification of knowing that what you're doing is affecting anybody, this is an opportunity in a ministry which you could get into where it doesn't take long to figure out, I am making a difference. Yes, very much so. And making a difference in the Colby retreat, at the end, we give the gentleman an opportunity to speak. And the stories that they tell, how they encountered Christ, are just so powerful. I mean, just so powerful. And even uh, the way we set it up here, again, in Navasota, at the PAC unit is half are Catholic, half are non-Catholic. Okay. And, and so, of course, it's a Catholic retreat. Yes. And then we have an opportunity to explain some of our teachings, whether it's reconciliation or the Eucharist. And we had at least a handful of people say to us, I had, I had no idea that's what that meant. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, praying the rosary. Uh, I didn't understand scriptural rosary and how every bead has, a, almost every bead has a Bible verse mm-hmm. and that it is, it is about Jesus. And, 
and we've had some Catholics that uh, are non-practicing say, I haven't been to Mass in a long time, I'm coming back, or this is the first time I've been to confession in X number of years. And just just to see them change is just so rewarding. And we do. We see Jesus working right there. Wow. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a beautiful it, ministry. You can't, you know, Roger and I, we can't give it justice as to how impactful it is to the men. I mean, it is life-changing for, for many of them. And we, I know we're not seeing it all. I mean, we're just seeing just a glimmer. You know, you see the light turn on. How bright is it? Now, do you think that the Colby retreats are some of the reasons why you have an RCIA program going on? or well, They, it, they it, have an RCIA program at the, the, the Women's Federal Prison oh, the also. Oh, Federal yes, Prison. Yes. But so, do, is there one in Navasota? Yes. So we do RCIA. We team up with Houston because that is the Galveston-Houston diocese, yeah. and we've gotten permission from our diocese, Christ the Redeemer, and two other parishes out in Houston cover three of the four, okay. and we cover the fourth. And you were going to say something, Deacon Mark. Uh, I was just going to say that we've tried to do it at the, the Hamilton unit, but it's such a short period of time. You know, people are being released every day. So mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, a couple of weeks, they're, they're gone. So they go back to their home parish. Okay. All right. Uh, again, uh, I want to remind you, you're listening to Red Sea Roundup. Uh, on KEDC 88.5 in the Brazos Valley, KYAR 98.3 in Central Texas, and KINF 107.9 in Palestine. And I would invite you again to give us a call at 85-LOVE-RED-SEA, 855-683-7332. My guests today are Roger Martinez and Deacon Mark Oliveri. We're talking about prison ministry as it's performed here in uh, the Brazos Valley. Uh, those of you in Central Texas, I know that there are some of you out there that may be listening that are involved in prison ministry. Please give us a call. Uh, and those of you in Palestine, I, I'm sure that some of you may be involved in something similar or see a need for that out in your area as well. So let's go back to the conversation here. Uh, so you, you're doing all these things. The, what's, what you, you gentlemen are doing and what's being done through uh, the ministry that, that's kind of headquartered there at St. Thomas Aquinas— is that sanctioned by the diocese, or how does that work? The diocese of Austin does have a guidelines for going out, and that's something that they encourage um, all of the um, all of the facilities to be ministered to, and that's part of the the diaconate formation. Uh, it's a requirement to go out to, uh, as I said, uh, x number of visits. I think it's four right now that they're doing, and they have a very active program in the in the Austin area. Uh, to to cover not only the county jails but also the the state and the federal prisons in there, and actually in the Austin Diocese physical geography, seventy five percent of all women that are incarcerated in the state of Texas fit within that geography. So there's a wow. tremendous need. Yes. Wow. Now is it, is is there uh, is there an organization within the diocese that handles this, or is it just? Uh, I mean, there's not a diocesan. Uh, prison ministry thing, but uh, yeah, no. Roger's got uh, something here that he's he's yeah. what is it a resource guide? It's it's a, re- a volunteer resource guide, criminal justice ministry out of the diocese of Austin, and so we we looked over this at our last meeting, and a lot of information in here. I think Gustavo Rodriguez over there at the diocese in the evangel- evangelization Evangel- office is the one that I, I think I remember reading. 
uh, and there's there's so many different ministries uh, to, to get into. For instance, former offender uh, registry and information there, Justice for All, Texas Inmate Family Association. There's just a ton of them to with websites and how how you can help. Now, uh, question comes up uh, immediately. We've talked about a lot of the ministries. Do you are you aware of any ministry where there's follow up when someone gets released from prison that, uh, or at all? Not not in the uh, the Brazos Valley area. A lot of it is the organized pieces are in the Austin area, and we see a need in the Bryan College Station on the the eastern side of the the diocese, and that's what we're trying to organize right now. So, so that's we're some, gathering if information. Somebody, if that's something that somebody would want to do, again, come to your your meeting. Is it is it tonight? I forgot. Tonight, tonight, tonight seven, 7 o'clock. And if you don't make it tonight, there'll be another one yes. in a couple of weeks or so. Yes, they can reach out to, to Roger or I. And how would how would they do that? Would, would they call through the St. Uh, Thomas Aquinas uh, office? Yes, they could. I mean, I'm I'm listed on the website there, so they can okay, get they, they can, can get, send me an email through send, the St. Thomas Aquinas. Deacon Mark mm-hmm. Deacon Oliveri, Mark Oliveri. the only one that sounds like Oliveri. Yes, I'm the tall, curly-headed guy. <laughs> <laughs> As are your sons. <laughs> yes. Okay, uh, you talked about training. Uh, so there's the diocese, diocese since it is a di- considered a diocesan ministry, there's training that everybody needs to go through because you're working with the di- through yes. in a yeah, diocesan ministry, which is what? Again? Ethics and integrity ministry. So that's required if you're serving at any level in the Diocese of Austin, if you're ministering to somebody. So it's really about learning um to see where the boundaries are so that you know where the boundaries are. So if you see somebody, you know, penetrating the boundaries, uh, you can take appropriate action for that. So it's, it's all levels. Now, do you, does that, how, how would you apply that in a prison situation? I can see if you were ministering in a parish and you saw some inappropriate touching or something going on, I can understand that. But in a prison ministry, how does that apply? Well, if you do something inappropriate in the prison, you're going to go to jail yourself. So, oh. um, Yes, yes. So in some respects, then it's self-protection. Yes. And actually, that's what the, the state of Texas, their their program, their, their training, as Roger mentioned, it's really about your safety. It's where what you should and shouldn't be doing and then being aware of, uh, of offenders. Actually, uh, when, they, when I went through the training several years ago, uh, the, uh, one of the, the gentlemen at the prison, who was a major, which is one of the high-ranking positions, he said that one of his officers gave an offender his watch. And can you imagine that? Why would you give anybody your watch? Well, some of the guys in there are uh, very skilled at manipulation. Mm-hmm. And they put you in positions or they help you get into positions that you shouldn't be in. And that's what really what the training is all about, is to be aware of it, you know, the do's and don'ts, and uh, and to be safe. Now, the unit that you minister to, is there training that you, is, do you have to go through yes. the TCJ? What, uh, TDCJ, TDCJ, Texas Department of Criminal Justice. So if you go to their website, TDCJ. I think it's TDCJ.gov uh, or Texas.gov. If you search but Texas you need, TDCJ, you can find it, the volunteers. Okay. There's a sign-up. They do a background check, and then uh, assuming you pass the background check, then you go to one of these classes. It's a morning class or an afternoon. It's a couple of hours is all it is. And then every two to three years, you have to redo the training just so that you know. Sort of like the EIM training. Yes. I mean, the same type of, of cycle. Yes, but they talk about, uh, you know, protecting yourself, you know, how, you know, if the prison was to become locked down, what do you do? Those kind of things where you don't normally get those in EIM. No, I don't. Wouldn't um, think so. And the prisons always, there's signs there that say they do not uh, release hostages. 
There's big signs say that in English and in Spanish, so that the offenders know you're of no value to them. They can't get take you out to get out. On on that line, I remember when doing our first Colby there, and when we were coming out, I saw that sign: "No prisoners beyond this point." I was like, "What does that mean?" Well, then I went through the TDCJ, and it's exactly what it says: "As a volunteer, you're not coming out. Nobody comes out." So. It is, uh, you know, they do scare you in the training, but I can tell you this, you're going to be in there, you're going you're gonna to be serving the Lord, and those men that are in there, I, I firmly believe that if anything was to happen, they are going to protect us. Yes. I have no doubt about that. So don't let that scare you. You only need that training through TDCJ if you're going in, and if you're not, you just need the EIM for whatever ministries we're doing out in the local communities. I'd like to get a couple comments from uh, from you also. Uh, the, did you have, in two questions, I guess, basically, did you have any fear or did you feel intimidated uh, the first time that you went into the prison? Uh, and if so, uh, what was your reaction when you went in? You, you talked about seeing no prisoners beyond this point. Uh, I don't care. Either one of you, it's just, can you just... Tell me a little bit. So, you, probably, so, you got more experience than he does. Well, what drew me to the prison system is, is I have a, an older cousin that was in a car they, with some buddies. They stopped at a grocery store. This is up in the Northeast. And three of the guys went in. My cousin stayed in the car. They came running out and drove away. He went to prison. The other guys didn't. I ended up going up to visit him when I was a teenager. And just the sound of the doors clinking and his his expression of visiting him. And he's a young guy. He was like 19. Uh, it was a, a very scary experience. And it, it is intimidating when you go through all the doors. There's several doors, sally ports. Sally ports are there's two doors on a hallway, and you cannot physically touch both doors at the same time. So they open one door, everybody files in, they close that door, and then open the other door. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're you're not getting out unless they push the button, and you do not have access to the person pushing the button. So those clanking of those steel doors and they don't move. Um, it, it is a little bit, and you always have to be on guard. You, you don't want to do something stupid. You pay attention, but I've never felt afraid for my life. Roger, what any comments you got on that? Yes. Yeah, so when I committed to doing prison ministry, I thought. I'll go to somewhere where there's white collar crime. This would be great. No big deal. The first place I went was in Huntsville at a maximum security. That's where my first Kobe <laughs> retreat was. So the fact, the fear factor increased once I knew that and fear, the acronym is false expectations appearing real. Jesus says, be not afraid. If you're, you know, you're doing my work for the greater good, be not afraid. Of course, we should be afraid if we're not doing things for the greater good or following Jesus Christ's teaching. So my first time in you in a maximum security, you got to get patted down. You got to get wanded. Then you go through the gates, the first set of gates, then that's more gates and then more gates and probably about the fourth time. But the clanking of the, the jail bars, it's, it's eerie. It's like, yeah, we're in. And so as we go down, there's there's jail sales and you're walking down a main hallway. Uh, there's 
sometimes people lined up, which was kind of scary because like we're not separated by anything and they're not coming to our retreat or to our, you know, RCIA classes. And so as, as we went through, but I'm sure there were some comments that you didn't want to hear too. There, there are some things that are said. Again, we, we just smile. We stay focused. We don't, we can't engage anybody as we're going and we just, they know why we're there. I think in general, there's a lot of respect for that. And then once we get in, there's a guard with us or two guards or however many guards they have there. And then the inmates that come in, they make sure that there's nothing on them. They, mm-hmm. they pat them down and we, we do our job. So it was kind of eerie for the first day, but when we kept going back, I got more comfortable and more comfortable. And, and then we're there for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I don't really think about that anymore. I'm just, I'm on a mission. So that first time was a little bit like Peter walking on the water, right? Excellent example. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, question just came in my head, and we hadn't uh, discussed this before, but uh, out of all the times that you've ministered, do you have a, an experience or something that happened that you found most surprising or gratifying uh, that something that was a surprise that you just you just didn't realize what was going to happen, how God was going to work, or uh, somebody maybe who uh, was sitting in the back of the room and looked like he was scowling the whole time, and you found out later that something happened to that person. Uh, I had a gentleman uh, last week that uh, gave a testimony that he said he hadn't shared with anybody in forty years, and he'd been coming for we've been there for months. Uh, at the particular unit, and uh, you know, I never know where the conversations are going to go. And uh, he paused and then shared it with the men, and it was a very beautiful testimony and very moving, very moving. It was about his faith and his faith journey, and it was what the men needed to hear. It's what I needed to hear. I mean, I had goosebumps. I mean, there's many, countless times where you get goosebumps, where you know something is going on, the Holy Spirit is there. And, uh, I share that with the men. It's like, wow, you know, whatever was just said, that, that gave me goosebumps. So I make sure they realize so what it's you're impactful. Say, you're saying for you, it's a faith building experience as well. And that you're learning as much maybe as the inmates are learning when you're doing this prison ministry. Very much so. It is a very powerful experience for me personally. It, what, about, it, what about you, it, Roger? I want to relate to the powerful acts retreat and being on staff. You hear a lot of people say, it is more rewarding than actually going to the retreat because we're serving. Mm-hmm. Getting back to what you said, Deacon Mark, to me, it's fivefold, tenfold of how I grow and in how I improve as a person. So it, it is just a beautiful opportunity. Uh just uh, want to remind you again, you're listening to Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host, Gene Wilhelm, and my guests today are Roger Martinez and Deacon Mark Oliveri. And we're talking about prison ministry, and uh, we are in uh, listening to us on KEDC 88.5 in the Brazos Valley, KYAR 98.3 in Central Texas, and 107.9 uh, in Palestine. Again, if you'd like to talk with us, uh, our, re- our phone number is 85-LOVE-RED-C. That's 855-683-7332. Okay. I'm so right. back to your question on impact. I was at the 
Colby retreat, there was a gentleman, an inmate across at a different table, and he just looked mean. I mean, mean like, I'm not going to talk to that guy. The last uh, day, he, he went to reconciliation. And I, and I saw him come out, and his head was down. So I really, God said, go talk to him. And I was like, really? Do you really want me to go talk to him? Uh, and and he, go talk to him. So I had an opportunity to go up to him and, you know, just simple. How are you? How did it go? And he was very touched by, by the healing that he had mm-hmm. going to reconciliation. And that was a beautiful moment for him. For me, he has no idea. I didn't say, say anything to him. And that just that if he, if he would like to talk, please, please come talk to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got about four or five minutes left, and I want to make sure that we, you have the opportunity to speak directly to our radio listeners uh, something that you, you think they should hear, some, some way to encourage them or to uh, challenge them or something that, that we haven't talked about that you think they need to hear. Mark? Uh, I would say pray for them. The, the, the men and women that are uh, held against their will, you know, they have committed a crime or the vast majority of them have. Some of them are actually innocent. Uh, I don't know what the percentage is. Uh, they are like you and I. They have sinned. Uh, they have been caught. Uh, they have been sentenced, and they are paying the time. And, um, but, but there are no different than our brothers and sisters, our aunts, our uncles, our nieces, nephews, parents, godparents, grandparents, children. Uh, you know, it's, it's easy enough to make a mistake in this day and age and go to jail. Our laws are very tight. Um, some of them definitely need to be uh, uh, locked up for an extended period of time. But that doesn't mean that they don't need our prayers. Uh, they are, are very loving and kind individuals. Uh, some of them had just horrible upbringings, and they didn't have parental figures. So th- this is what they, uh, th- they're missing. So, you know, in some ways, I'm a father figure to them. I imagine, Roger, in some ways, you're a father figure to them. They, don't know, they didn't know how to act. They didn't know how to respond uh, to, their, to their emotions. Okay, we've got a caller here. That uh, We'll get back to you in just a second, Roger. We have a caller, Shane, that's calling. Uh, Shane, welcome to the program. This is Gene Wilhelm. Uh, have a question or comment? Hi, um, yeah, I just wanted to comment. Um, I know I have multiple uh, friends that lead ministries in the various prisons, like in Huntsville and other places in Texas. Um, I know one that he <clears throat> uh, teaches, like, carpentry, and that's how he does his ministry through that. God called him to that like five to six years ago, but he goes into there and is able to um, teach the prison, um, the inmates um, who want to learn how to use their hands and to benefit even while they're in prison and uh, while they're having to serve their time because they want to be better. So it's a good way for him to show them how to use their hands and do like craft work and stuff, but also minister to them um, underlying with, with like within that, which is very cool. But uh, a couple weeks ago, he told me about it and how he had uh, five to six uh, inmates actually give their life to Christ after they uh, worked 
and did their building their tables or you know building different sets and work like workstations and different things like that and they would um actually donate their work and what they did to different um, charities and other places in the area to help with businesses and so on and so forth so it's a very useful and good way to interact with the inmates but in an indirect way so they don't just think that they are being pushed into ministry but they're able to um, experience god in a different way that they didn't expect which is very beneficial okay Okay. well shane i really thank you for calling because that's very encouraging you're telling us that you don't have to be religiously uh superstar you can help in other ways you can you can be a saint joseph uh rather than something else uh we've got about 30 seconds left uh to wrap up i, I hate to ch- p- cut you off like that shane but we're just almost out of time uh 30 seconds left one last thing from either one of you roger yes i would just say in prison there's a mentoring program to help them prepare to get out official training and some of the activities they just need a volunteer to be there for instance music they need someone there, and then they can practice their music. So there's there's so many things to do. Okay, one more time. Meeting tonight. 7 p.m. 7 to 9 p.m., mm-hmm. room 4243 at St. Thomas Aquinas on Earl Rudder Freeway. Next to Academy. Next to Academy. Okay, uh, again, till next time, this is your host, Gene Wilhelm, reminding you that when choosing between the values of heaven and the values of earth, always round up. Oh,